0: Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God.
1: Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. Thank you for joining us. with the Volks. My name is Shelley.
2: And my name is June. Hi, everyone.
1: It's good to be with you. And if you were with us yesterday morning, you know we started on a theme called Halting Between Two Opinions. And our reference for that was in chapter 18 in 1 Kings, so it would be worthwhile to read it again. 1 Kings chapter 18, beginning at verse 17. And it came about when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said to him, Is this you, you troubler of Israel? And he said, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, because you have forsaken the commandment of the Lord, and you have followed the Baals." Now then send and gather to me all Israel at Mount Carmel, together with 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of the Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent the message among all the sons of Israel and brought the prophets together at Mount Carmel. And Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you halt between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people did not answer him a word. So Elijah was a man who wanted to be very specific, and he said to the people, How long are you going to hold, or how long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, well then follow him. If Baal is God, well then follow him. So he talked about what it is to be halting or hesitating between two opinions two opinions and that we must be decisive especially when it comes to obeying God and we're either gonna follow man's way which so often is my own way or the opinion of other people or we will follow the heart and the will of God,
2: which is found in the Word of God.
1: Right, and you know, Junie, the choices are not necessarily between one that's evil and one that's good, because many choices that we make would seem reasonable and logical, and would be pleasing to most people. I remember back almost forty years when we heard, when I heard the voice of God clearly call us that we and the entire family should leave where we were living in a very comfortable lifestyle of being a believer, making a lot of money in a beautiful community in Connecticut, or listen to the word of God, leave everything we had, and move to northern Minnesota and live on an Indian reservation with our cats. And you know what? In the natural... It, it was ridiculous, but in the spiritual, it was exactly what God wanted to do. We, By God's grace, we put aside what we desired and really didn't know it at the time, but we were saying, nevertheless, not our will, but thy will be done.
2: I think, Shelley, the truth of the matter is you and I feared God because you heard God's audible voice telling you that you and your family belonged in Minnesota with Arthur which was not your choice or my choice, but I think we feared God, which is really the beginning of wisdom, because to take three children and to move to a farm at the time when you were called, there wasn't even a trailer or a place for us to live, and knowing that you wouldn't be earning money um, is really crazy, even for a believer, never mind being Jewish, And our family, um, thinking we were crazy, believing Jesus was the Messiah to begin with. And I just encourage every listener, if you haven't read my book, it's called The God Who Answers by Fire, a Jewish Saga. We encourage you to call into the station and order a book. It's $20. We'd be glad to mail it to you. Or... They'll give you the post office box where if you send in a donation for $50 or more, we'll send you a copy of the book as a gift.
1: And it's really a very worthwhile book because it's it's going to build people's faith.
2: It also tells of how Shelley and I met um, as Jews not knowing the Lord. Um, that's one Uh, small vignette, and then the second one is how I got saved, which was supernatural, and every vignette has its own scripture and own teaching, and then how God saved Shelley, and then called him, and the second part of the book is about our life for eight and a half years on the farm living in a trailer in uh, the northernmost part of uh, Minnesota. And the third part of our book is a call by God to Phoenix, Arizona, through Lewis and Kira Kaplan, who started Jewish Voice Ministries, who Jonathan Bernis, um now um, runs the, uh, the ministry. And um, the things that happened here in the desert and how God's faithfulness through all the 40 years of knowing him showed himself to us no matter what the circumstance or situation was and the last part of the book is the conclusion where do we go from here and um, I just encourage you if you need um Your faith built up, or really to see the faithfulness of the Lord, not only to Shelley and I, but the faithfulness of the Lord that comes when we cry out to Him, when we hear His voice, when we don't halt between two opinions, but we want His opinion and His will, and to follow Him.
1: Well, let's go into the New Testament, Junie. Um, Let's look at something in Matthew 16, which is really a an incredible picture of uh making a decision and living in a manner where we don't halt between two opinions
2: and we see um how human we all are don't we through this example that you're about to read
1: all right if you have your bibles turn with us to uh, matthew chapter 16 i'm going to begin at verse 21 matthew 16 verse 21 from that time Jesus Christ began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, God forbid it, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. For you are not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. So here's a picture, Joni, of the apostle, the disciple Peter, making a decision that... In the natural, would seem right. In other words, he had compassion and sympathy for Jesus. And up until this time, Jesus never spoke about the suffering and the ultimate death that he would have to face. But from this point on, after Peter identified him through a revelation of God, when he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, from that point on, Jesus was preparing his disciples of the suffering that he was going to have to take. So look at the contrast that we have here. On the one hand, Peter received a revelation when Jesus said, "Who do men say that I am?" And then He said, "Who do you say that I am?" And Peter said, "Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God." And Jesus said to him also in chapter sixteen of Matthew, "Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven." So, in other words, Peter acted; he was a man in the spirit. He heard, a re- he got a revelation from God, the Father in heaven, and spoke the truth into the situation. Now, when Jesus started to speak about the suffering that he's going to have to go through in order to accomplish the will of God, he resorted back to man's way. And he didn't think in terms of the Spirit or what God's purpose was, but he saw it from his own eyes. He was relying on what he thought, what he saw, and that's the battle that we all have.
2: We do have that battle, Shelley, but I think that there's something also going on here that we should really see. And that is just as Peter got the revelation that Jesus was the Messiah, Christ is the Greek word for Messiah, anointed one, that Peter received this revelation that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of the living God that there was an opening up to the disciples, the unseen world. Well, here, when Jesus was saying all that he needed to suffer and that he was going to die and be raised up again, you would think that these men, knowing Isaiah 53 or Psalm 22, which talks about the suffering Messiah or talks about the death on the cross, Psalm 22. You would think that they would identify and connect it with Jesus, but humans can't do that, Shelley. The spirit world knows. That's why we talked yesterday about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that we need the Spirit of God to open up our hearts and mind because in verse 23 of chapter 16, Jesus turned to Peter after Peter told him, And rebuked uh, the suffering. God forbid, he said. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. In other words, Jesus was revealing to Peter and to all the other disciples that that wasn't even Peter speaking those words. But it was Satan himself speaking through Peter's mouth. And we see that Jesus wanted to teach the disciples something deeper where Jesus then turned after he said, Get thee behind me, Satan, you are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. In verse 24, Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself And take up his cross and follow me. So we see here, Shelley, halting through in two opinions. Man and the gospel many times preached in the West is about the promises of God, is about turn to Jesus, you'll get wealthy, you won't have trouble, God will answer all of your prayers. When really the truth of the matter is, one of the signs of the filling of the Holy Spirit, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is trouble. And why? Because Jesus' ways or God's ways are not our, our ways. And to be a disciple of the Lord, to follow Jesus, we need to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. And Jesus hadn't yet gone to the cross, but surely after his disciples experienced and saw what happened to the Lord himself, they, their eyes were opened on Pentecost when they saw the tongues of fire and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, how they were undone and the Holy Spirit took over their lives. And when Peter spoke to the people coming out of the temple, On Shavuot, on Pentecost, men cried out when Peter shared with them about Jesus. What must we do to be saved? They saw they needed to be born again.
1: Amen. So their issue is denying men's views and receiving God's views. Father, we thank you and pray that we will never halt between two opinions again. In Jesus' name, amen.